You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jake Devereaux, joined as usual by my co-host, Matt Collins. We're here to bring you the best Red Sox coverage on the internet Monday through Friday, and we want to be part of your daily routine. So be sure to subscribe to us on Himalaya, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. This is your June 3rd edition of the podcast on a Monday. And on this one, we're going to be discussing the uh, the win uh, over the Yankees on Sunday. Uh, that's it sounds weird to say, the win over the Yankees, because it's the first one. Um, but uh, in addition to that, we're going to be hitting on a little bit of draft talk since the draft starts today. Uh, this whole episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. Um, don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own on Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. All right, Matt. Let's kick it right off with the game. Um, full disclosure, I was at a wedding all night, so I don't know what the heck was going on with this thing. Uh, I do know that David Price was on the bump. And I do know that he exercised his demons in New York. So, Matt, tell me how Mr. David Price looked last night because you get to watch. Yeah, so um, I never actually um, went back and checked if this is true. So I'm just going to say something about actually not being true or not. So just throwing that out there. But it feels like, I mean, obviously we know about Price's struggles in New York and just really against the Yankees in general, it feels like all of those starts were bad, like from the very beginning. Um, like the very first inning, he was just throwing up meatballs and the Yankees were all over everything. And it was clear right from the start that he was going to be bad. So he came out in this start and got a one, two, three first inning. And his command was pinpoint. Um, to be fair, he did get, a little bit extra on the corners, especially on the outside corner to righties. Um, but Price is the kind of guy that generally gets that call anyway, so I don't know if it was... Yankee fans were pretty upset, but I don't know if it was anything too, too egregious. But either way, I mean, he came out, he set the tone very early um, and ended up setting down the order. Um, first nine guys, nine up, nine down. And it was all about the command. I mean, that cutter was all over the outside corners. Changeup was down and away to everybody. Um, he got Clint Frazier on a nasty changeup his first at bat. Um, yeah, I mean, it was exactly exactly what Price needs to do to succeed at this point in his career. Um, he did get lit up a little bit in the fourth, and the Yankees bailed him out with some base running extremely reminiscent of the Red Sox. Um, I have no idea what they were doing, but they made sure that inning ended with the Red Sox still winning. Uh, but other than that inning, I mean, Price was phenomenal. Um, he said he exercised his demons, which is always a very strange phrase to me. I don't, it's kind of spooky. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was, uh, he, we saw him get the playoff monkey off his back last year and now getting this Yankee Stadium monkey off his back. It's just it was fantastic. I'm loving this whole David Price uh shaking off uh all of the the things that were haunting That's him so before. Good, yeah. Um 
Yeah, he's been amazing. I mean, the, I don't know if he's getting enough credit for how good he's been. Well, I was just gonna say, surprisingly, like the mainstream Boston media narrative on David Price is bizarro land right now. So I was listening to the Red Sox review on the way back from the wedding yesterday, which is not great. But <laughs> this show is just like it's a very mixed bag of a show. But anyhow, on Red Sox review, uh, they were they were basically saying like how David Price has clearly been the best pitcher on the Red Sox this year, and you know talking about how bad everybody else has been as a starter. And I'm like thinking of my and they're like citing Chris Sale's win loss record at the same time so obviously you know take that with a grain of salt so you know typical boston sports radio stuff going on here but at the same time like david price has a 283 era he dominates the astros in the playoffs dominates basically the whole run last year and then he goes in pitches a gem in yankee stadium and like you said the first thing that stood out to me trying to figure out what his start was like was all the called strikes that he got on all his pitches, which goes right hand-in-hand hand with what you were talking about, about all his offerings uh, being commanded last night. I mean, five five called strikes on the four-seam, nine on the cutter, which is incredible, one on the changeup, and then uh, the two-seam he got four on as well. So it's just amazing control from a guy who's clearly evolved and taking that step forward and I think what was so frustrating about David Price when he was not performing well here was he was sort of right in between the type of pitcher that he used to be and the type of pitcher that he has become now and he hadn't fully made that transition and I think for him that transition to being the pitcher that he is right now was kind of a rocky one and um, you know I I'm I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Price now. Yeah, I mean it. It definitely took a little while, which I mean it's understandable when you consider how, I mean how good Price was in his prime um, as kind of like that overpowering guy. But yeah, I mean he sort of fully made that transition around mid-year last year, and since then, I mean he's been dominant. And to me, I mean he has to mix his pitches. He can't rely on any one pitch. But to me, the cutter is the key to everything, um, especially to righties. I mean, I've said it before, but when he is commanding that backdoor cutter on the outside corner to right-handed hitters, um, nobody in baseball can do anything with that pitch. I mean, it is filthy. You um, love that backdoor cutter. It's so good. And when he's getting, especially if he's like last night, he was getting an inch or two off the plate. I mean, when he's getting that, it's, Good night. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I usually am more of like a breaking ball, like getting ugly swings, but there's something about him getting those uh, strikeouts looking on that cutter that just is very satisfying. Especially when it was Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt staring at the video board uh, on his way back to the dugout was very satisfying to me. Luke Voigt, Voigt is like a, a walking mascot to Yankees fans. He is. He is. <laughs> he's 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 every Yankees fan. He's like the definition of a bro. But for some reason, I feel like I would have an extremely fun time hanging out with him. I kind of like Luke Voigt, and he's like everything that I don't usually like. I don't know what it is. Oh my god, I would. There's a laundry list of things, including laundry, that I would rather do than hang out with Luke Voigt. He kind of gives me a Mike Napoli vibe. Oh god, come on, man. Don't don't do that to Nap. 
I don't want to hear this right now. It's way too early. Man, they both have like the open shirts. And... No, not not going there. All right, let's talk about the offense. Um, I don't want to hear any more good things about Luke Voigt. Um, hit parade for these guys. 13 hits last night. Tell me who stood out to you offensively. I don't know that anybody did, to be honest. Um, it was kind of a little bit of everybody. Um, I mean, Nunez had a couple of big hits. Of course, his first one, he, for some reason, tried to go to second and got thrown out by, like, 7,000 feet. Um, it was really frustrating. sound like you. It was, yeah, it was very weird. But, I mean, <laughs> amid all the frustration, and, I mean, it's all of it's totally warranted. He's swinging the bat a little better over the last few weeks. Um, and, like I said, I mean, he had a couple big hits today. Um, knocked it around, scored a run. Uh, Bogarts had a couple of hits. He had a huge home run that he destroyed on, like, a one-handed swing, which I'm not entirely sure how he managed to do that. Um, Martinez had a big home run in the first to kind of get things going. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like there was no, there wasn't one guy who took over this game and dominated. It was up and down the lineup. Uh, pretty much everybody except Betts had something going on in this game. Hmm. Um, Bogarts, man, Bogarts is just on fire this yeah, year. Yeah, he's. Uh, so we were talking about this a little bit on the uh, Over the Monster podcast yesterday. And uh, Bogarts is currently number one uh, among all shortstops in Fangraphs WAR, and uh, over the last month, um, Bogarts leads all Red Sox hitters in WRC plus, and it's not particularly close. Um, the guy's well on his way to having by far the best season of his career. His his WRC plus on the year right now is 145, um, and he's got 2.8 WAR already. This guy is just. He's something else, man. He's uh, he's so happy to be locked in Boston right now. Uh, he's gonna. I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if if Bogey put up like a six and a half, seven more season at this point. Like that's huge. That's a monster season. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not out of the question. Um, I mean, we talked about it last week, I think, at some point recently. Um, it's kind of felt like he's been the second hottest guy on the team all year. Um, and right now for the first time this season, it feels like he's the hottest guy, which is pretty crazy because he's been hot all year, but he's kind of taken it to another level over the last couple of weeks, even with the team struggling. So yeah, I mean, having him in the middle of that lineup right now is huge. They just need to start stringing some hits alongside him. So, you know, following his career, as long as we have, Matt, and really from the beginning um, for him, seeing his progression over time has been so interesting because he originally came up and was able to tap into a little bit of his power right away his first season here in uh, his first real taste of the big leagues in 2014. He did get a little taste in 2013, um, in the playoffs especially. But, you know, when he got the job in 2014 – he was able to tap into a little bit of his power right away, but then he figured out how to make contact the next year, and the power went away. He batted 320. And then, you know, for, for a couple of years there, it was, all right, can Bogey figure out how to do both things? And then last year, in 2018, he had a 234 ISO on the entire season while batting 288. Um, and finally, what we saw was the combination of both. And now what we're seeing this year is, 
is we're seeing the combination of both, except it's even better, and his walk rate's taking another step forward, and he seems to not have the same weaknesses that he used to have. So, I mean, the the progression there that we've seen for him um, is just, it's it's awesome. It's awesome to see a guy who's just constantly learning there at the plate. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice reminder that development isn't always linear, and it's not always going to be neat. It's not always going to go like how it would in a video game where a guy just gets progressively better at everything all at once. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, we're going to see guys in the future with similar issues. And it's just a nice reminder that you have to be patient, especially with guys who come up so young, like both guys. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, give you a word from our sponsor. When we come back, we're going to touch on a little bit more about the offense and then chat about the draft before we get you out of here on a Monday. All right, Red Sox fans, I'm excited to talk to you about our newest sponsor, Loci. Uh, You've been hearing me talk about how I've been wearing Loci bracelets for a few years now. Uh, We've been talking about Loci for a while, so they're not that new anymore, but they are infused with water from Mount Everest, the highest point on Earth, and mud from the Dead Sea, the lowest point on Earth. It's a daily reminder to help you find your balance during life's highs and lows. As sports fans, we definitely experience highs and lows throughout the season. Loci's game day collection helps you stay humble and hopeful while repping your team's, your favorite team's colors. And with 10% of net profits donated to incredible charities, you can support your team and support causes around the world. Uh, and since Loci is a friend of the show, they're offering you an exclusive discount of 20% off of all game day collection bracelets. Now you can use this discount to not only go on and get yourself a Red Sox bracelet, but you can also purchase a Patriots one, or if you'd like to, purchase a Bruins one. All you need to do is go to loci.com and use the promo code Boston Red Sox, all one word, to take advantage of this amazing deal. That's L-O-K-A-I dot com and use the code Boston Red Sox, all one word, for 20% off. So get out there and grab yourself a bracelet and support great charities as well as supporting your teams. Do you remember where you were when David Ortiz hit that home run to win game four of the 2004 ALCS? Or when Steve Pierce hit his second home run of the night to cement there were uh, the Red Sox World Series win last year, or where you were when Roger Clemens struck out his 20th batter in 86, or where you were when Fisk hit his home run in 1975. I can tell you I hadn't existed yet for those last two, but I'm sure a lot of people listening were somewhere. Uh, right now, there's a website called playbookproducts.com that will help you commemorate the greatest plays in any major sports. They also do football, hockey, some college sports as well. And they will help you commemorate that with things like coasters, coffee mugs, posters, phone cases, some drawstring bags. Um, it's all really cool stuff. You go to playbookproducts.com. You can check it all out. Um, they've been featured in ESPN and The Ringer. And with Father's Day coming up, this is the perfect time to be looking for things like this. Right now, you can go to playbookproducts.com and you can get 15% off with our code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And yeah, I mean, just check out all the stuff. It's really great. Playbookproducts.com with that promo code locked on. All right. Welcome back for segment two of the show. Um, Matt, wrapping up things here, talking about last night's game. 
Um, this leaves the Red Sox eight and a half games back of the Yankees. Um, not exactly where the team needs to be at this point. They're not 30, ideal. No, not not at all. Uh, they're thirty and twenty nine. Um, it's frustrating that this season has been so up and down because when you really look at the way that that team has performed as a whole over the last month or so, um, you know, since since I I think they've kind of figured it out. Um, the individual performances are there. It's just a matter of getting them all to happen at the same time during games. And I think the biggest thing uh, that the team still has been struggling with, and Cora said as much yesterday, was just team performance with runners in scoring position. And, and luckily the Red Sox did a good job with that last night. Um, they were 4 for 10 with runners in scoring position, which is a lot better than they usually are. But um, what do you see as the keys to sort of getting this team rolling they have the day off today as as we talk um but um you know they've got the kansas city royals next and then uh you know competition doesn't get a lot easier after that yeah i mean well it's tough to get easier than the royals but um it's yeah i mean i think it's just stringing together hits i mean like you said most of these guys have been hitting um Beth and Benintendi have kind of been scuffling a little bit lately, which is definitely not helping matters, but um, it seems like everybody has one or two hits every game, but they're never all at the same time. And even, I mean, up until the seventh last night, we were kind of seeing that where they had three runs, but they were all one run at a time in different innings. And last year we saw them kind of put teams in holes early and, that was a huge part of their success. They got to play stress-free for the second half of a lot of baseball games. Uh, this year, they've been terrible to start games. They've gotten better as games have gone on. They've got they've hit better against relievers than starters, which I think is true last year too, but not to such a drastic extent. So, um, I think it's a lot, a lot of it is sequencing. Part of that is just luck, and it will turn itself around um, just naturally. But a part of it, I don't know. I, I don't know how you fix it. I mean. Something mental, something at the beginning of the game, maybe a lineup shakeup, which we've talked about before. Um, but they got to figure out a way to kind of start burying teams early a lot more often and not have to go into every sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth inning with high stress innings coming up. Oh, that would be so nice. That would, that uh, would be very nice. Do wonders for my, uh, my heartburn that I get <laughs> during these games. Um, it'd be also nice if they could play. Luis Sessa is uh, a little bit more often, too. Yes. Uh, the one good thing about the first two games of the series was that the Yankees did use their big guys uh, in high-stress innings for both of those games, so they were not available for this one because uh, this could have been a very different game if the Red Sox weren't able to score those five runs off Sessa, which, to be fair, um, Clint, Fra- Clint Frazier was probably more responsible for those runs than Sessa, but still, um, it was very nice, whoever you want to put the blame on. Um, I want to know if you, if you do this at all, but every time I look at um, the um, the box score, uh, when it says D. Hale, I always think of DeMarlo Hale. i got to say I've never thought that in my life. <laughs> do you think about it now? No, um, mostly because I use the uh, MLB box score, and it just says Hale. Yeah. It doesn't say D-Hale. DeMarlo was here for a while, though. 
he was. It's not really a name I think of very often, though. Hmm. No offense to Marlo Hale. Well, Demarlo Hale still doing it. He's uh, Toronto. He was Toronto's bench coach last year. So. Oh yeah, he was, wasn't he? Is yeah. he still? What's he doing now? I don't. Uh, I don't think he's doing anything right now. I think he's, yeah, he's, he's not. Time off. Yeah. So he he was. Uh, he's been coaching since '05. Looks like '05 to '18. But uh. Welcome he, to the Demarlo Hale podcast. He, he's only uh, 57, so I'm sure he'll get back into it at some point. But yeah, he was there for for a bit, 06 to uh, 2011. Those are some pretty important years in Red Sox history. Yep, I love some Demarlo Hale talk as much as anybody. <laughs> you really didn't expect this, did you? I I just I have no, I have nothing to say about Demarlo Hale. I'm sure he's a very nice guy. Wow. Okay. Um, that's fair. That's fair. Let's talk a little bit about the draft. Uh, maybe we can call up to Marlo Hale and see what he thinks the Red Sox should do. Uh, Matt, you've been writing a little bit uh, at OTM, uh, basically all the time. Um, but one of the things that you've been doing is highlighting certain guys you think the Red Sox might be able to pick. Uh, the Red Sox don't have a first rounder this year. Uh, they pick 43rd and 69th, uh, are their first two picks. Um, but who are some of the guys you think that the Red Sox could potentially be targeting? Yeah, so it's kind of hard. Um, I mean, I think it's always kind of hard with this because nobody ever really knows what's going to happen in the draft, especially the longer it goes on. Um, but it's even harder from the outside this year because most mock drafts end after just one round. And like you said, the Red Sox don't have that first-round pick. So not a lot of mocks have even given an indication of where the Red Sox are going. Um, Fangrass did just do one last week where they had uh, the Red Sox picking Connor Jameson, I want to say his name was, uh, third baseman from Arizona. Um, I kind of looked at a few college pitchers that I think they're going to be looking at. Um, the biggest thing here is the Red Sox lost they lost 10 spots in the draft. They also lost uh, $472,400 in slot money by moving down 10 picks. Um, it's not a massive amount of money, but it's basically the amount of money they used to sign uh, Nick Northcutt in the 11th round last year as a high school guy, keeping him away from college. So it's not insignificant. Um, that in mind, I would assume they're probably going to pick a college guy with this first pick and probably the second one as well. Um, a guy that will sign either for slot value or maybe even a little bit under. Um, a few of the names I thought were fits. Um, Isaiah Campbell from Arkansas is a righty. Um, he has kind of come on this year. Some still see him as a potential reliever, um, which I think is sort of the trait that I would look for for anybody for the Red Sox to pick. Um, that's kind of been their MO the last few years is that they have been the team that's not afraid to get it, pick a guy with big stuff, even though it looks like he might be a reliever. Um, another guy who fits that mold is uh, Dre Jameson. Um, he's kind of a smaller guy, but he's that same thing. They don't know that he's going to be able to hold up over a full season. He's kind of like Travis Lakins, where his arsenal is good enough to be a starter, but his size might push him to the bullpen. Um the other guy I looked at was 
Ethan Small, who kind of doesn't fit that mold. He's a lefty. Um, doesn't have huge stuff, but he has solid command and some big deception. And he could be a relatively quick mover who could uh, fit in at the back for rotation if everything goes well. So uh, those are just a few names that are possibilities. Um, I don't know that they are actually looking actively looking at any of those guys. This is just pure speculation on my part. Um, the big just general thing I would say is that they're probably going to pick a college guy. And if they they do look at pitchers, look for guys that have some questions about whether or not they could stick in the rotation. Yeah, that's a great point about uh, them probably taking a college guy in the first and second round. Um, Sox prospects guys were saying that they'll probably target a, a higher upside high school uh, player uh, between rounds three and five where they have a little bit more money to work with, but they want to lock in those signability guys first. Um, I would, I, I, I mean, I think it's probably likely that they take a picture, a pitcher, I should say. Um, but I would be happy with them taking a position guy too, especially an up the oh, I don't, guy. Yeah. I mean, I would, I wouldn't yeah, mind. I don't think they're going to take a, I would, I bet they'll, if they do take a bat, um, it'll be a corner guy. Um, just because at that point, that's any good college up the middle guy is probably going to be off the board. Yeah. Um, so they've been Fangraphs. I got the name wrong. Cameron Cannon is the guy that Fangraphs had them taking. Um, they also had them connected to Nick Quintana. Um, who also is an infielder from Arizona. He's played a little bit of second base. He's probably a third base and going forward. Um, he's actually a really interesting name to watch because the Red Sox picked him out of high school a few years ago and were hoping to get him on a big bonus. I think that was the Jake Groom year. So I think that was, he was sort of their backup plan to Groom if he didn't sign. Um, but he has, he had a really, um, scouts really liked him out of high school and he's had a solid college career. Um, the more I think about it, the more I think if he's on the board, he might be the most likely pick at that point. That would be a nice pick right there. That'd be good. Any relation to Jose? I don't think so because, yeah, I don't think so, but possibly. Quintana is kind of a common name. Yeah, it is. Okay, good stuff. Well, that does it for our show, Matt. Um, remind the people. I'm talking to myself now. Um, thanks for listening to the show. <laughs> Listen to uh, our podcast on Himalaya, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Red Sox. If you haven't used Himalaya yet, definitely download it. It's free. It's easy to use. has every single podcast you love. Uh, and you can look for different podcasts as well, which is great about it. It makes personally curated playlists for you. Um, you can either use ones that are made by, uh, expert podcast tastemakers or kind of, uh, start selecting your own and it can recommend things from there. Um, whether you're into comedy, mystery, thrillers, or sports like me, uh, you can kind of download it and it'll curate some, some feeds to you. Um, and you, they also have this cool thing. Um, it's called episodic shareable playlists where listeners can build podcast playlists by the episode and customize it just like playlists for songs and share it through uh, social media or text or email. So that's really cool, especially if you want to recommend some stuff to your friends like this podcast. 
Um, so all you need to do is find it and download it, and uh, don't forget to follow us once you do that. Uh, if you like the show, please rate and review us. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow the Locked On Red Sox account at LO underscore Red Sox. You can follow Matt at Matt R.Y. Collins, and you can follow me at, at Dev Jake. You can ask us questions and interact with us there. Um, urge other Red Sox fans to subscribe to this show as well. And fans of the league as a whole, tune into Locked On MLB to get an overview of what's happening in the league in just 15 minutes. So we will be with you for Tuesday's edition of the show tomorrow. Thanks for the download. Thanks for tuning in. And have a great Monday.